Hello, Harvest! I'm so glad to be here with the family of God. Samuel, 1 Samuel, my name is Mike, by the way, if you're a first-time guest. 1 Samuel chapter 28, we're getting near to the end of Samuel. Um, This is a very strange chapter, isn't it? Very strange turn of events. We start out with, with David, the great hero of the book, is appointed the head of the bodyguard of the Philistines. Does that make any sense to anybody? You can say, no. Okay, no, I said it. Then Saul, who's godless, faithless, sees the Philistines and realizes he has to fight them and he's afraid, so he, he turns to God for help. He's godless and he asks God for help. God doesn't answer him, so what's he do? He goes to see a psychic, <laughs> or a, uh, the King James called her a witch, the witch of Endor. She said, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> That's an old joke, sorry. So <laughs> Saul goes to a, a medium, and you don't think that's going to work, do you? But it does. Samuel comes up from the dead. And gives him bad news. And the chapter ends with a very frightened witch feeding a very dejected king late at night. I mean, she's, she's first awesome. He has a fatted calf on hand. It, or she does. Um, and then she's mixing up the flour. Have you ever been hungry for a meal and you can't wait for your mom to stop cooking? Hurry up, hurry up. He had to wait for them to slaughter an animal and then on a full belly, they all leave, and he's all depressed. What a strange chapter. Well, let's just deal with a few, few things in it separately. First, what about David? Is David really going to go into battle on the side of the Philistines against Israel? Is he, is he really going to do that? He who made his fame by slaying Philistines, the biggest one of all, Goliath, and then many after that, is he really going to be willing to lay down his life to protect the king, a Philistine king? Well, the answer is in the next chapter. So don't touch that dial, folks. Tune in again next week, and you'll get your answer. As for Saul, I think the biggest thing we have to look at here is what's this business about Saul looking to a witch or a necromancer? For help, a necromancer is a witch. <laughs> necromancer is like a warlock, or it could be a male or a female. What, why is he looking there to help? Um, it's a person who claims they can talk to the dead, okay? Can someone really do this? Uh, can, okay, I'm going to play Bible Answer Man today on this question. Can a person really talk to the dead? Answer, no. No, scripturally, it's impossible. Why? Because when the faithful die... Their souls go to the care of God. When the wicked die, they go to a place of torment. And even if they ask, they cannot return to the earth. We see that Jesus made that clear when he told the story of a guy named Lazarus who was poor and a rich man. And the rich man was in torment and he wanted to go chat. And he says, no, you cannot go. God takes care of souls as soon as they die. They're either with him or they're in torment, uh, which means there's no ghosts wandering the earth. Now, I know many people say they've seen a ghost. I 
don't know what to say about that. I can't check your experience. You might have thought you saw a ghost. Maybe you didn't. But this should give you some sense of relief to know there are no ghosts. It gives me relief because then I can dress any way I want every morning. Because if there are ghosts, you've got to be careful how you dress because if you die that day, those are your forever ghost clothes. <laughs> I've seen the movies. Little girl ghosts are always wearing flowery dresses. They get up in the morning. Good thing they didn't put on their, their uh, jammies. They'd be in that. So what do we, where are we to make of the claims of people who say they talk to the dead who, or who they can do it for you? Well, there's two answers the Bible would give you. One is they're faking. And they're very good at faking. And second, they're talking to the demonic. A demon is a... Is a deceptive spirit and um, you might have thought you saw a ghost you might have saw something how do you know it was a ghost how do you know it wasn't demonic Um, in Acts chapter 16 uh, there was a a slave girl who had a, a demon that allowed her to tell some sort of information from the spiritual realm that caused the people who owned her to make great money off her she was you take her to the fair and she'd tell fortunes or whatever I don't know how they worked that so, but she was, she had spiritual insight from the demonic world that Paul was a man of God. And she just wouldn't stop shouting about it till he got so annoyed, even though she didn't ask and she wasn't a faithful person. He turned and said to the demon in her, Get out of that woman. She's, you're bugging me. And, which is interesting. Paul, Paul, when he's short on patience, just casts demons around, you know. It's way better than kicking the cat. Um, so he. <laughs> He throws the demon out of her, and her handlers are upset because they've lost their ability to make money. So a demon can actually be a connection to the spiritual realm used by uh, a medium. Um, So some people could actually be speaking to evil spirits when they go visit someone who claims to speak to the dead. In Saul's case, let's look at Saul for a minute, and then we'll come back to that. Saul didn't listen to Samuel when Samuel was alive. Remember, Samuel was a prophet, good friends with Saul seemingly. They spent a lot of time together. And Samuel would say, God says this, and Saul would do that. So now that he's dead, he wants to, he wants to talk to him. Why? He's afraid of dying in a battle, and God's silence is, is causing him dread. So he wants an answer from the spiritual realm, and God isn't giving it to him. Um, this isn't unusual throughout the history of mankind. Mankind understands the noumena or the spirit or a sense of dread. All humans get that. All humans know with ghosts. Even people who are atheists will tell you ghost stories. Um, they get that there's a spiritual realm. And all mankind generally thinks naturally that the spiritual realm has some sort of power or governs the earthly realm. And you have to talk yourself out of that. You have to be educated out of that, I suppose. But it's true. The spiritual realm does impact the earthly realm. It does govern the earthly realm. So you can see why people want to reach out to that and, and, and get answers to their questions. You know, and, and it's not unusual throughout history. There are many stories 
of, especially when people become rulers or kings or generals, they get crazier with power and they want spiritual answers, you know, everything from the chieftain looking at the entrails of something to see if he should go to battle to Vikings and their seers and their runes to, you'll even hear story of modern um, world leaders who wanted to talk to an astrologer before they'd invade uh, a European country or, or something. Everyone wants that that, that spiritual power to know how the battle's going to go. They want to tip the scales. And so that's what Saul's doing. He's like, God won't tell me. Samuel knows. I'll ask him. Today, um, you'd think a lot of this stuff would be gone. It's not gone, even in the West. In fact, the internet has a way of bringing things back to life. Um, Harry Potter uh, created a lot of interest in in magic and witchcraft. And by the way, I'm not saying Christians can't read Harry Potter. There are some Christians who say you should never read Harry Potter. And some say go ahead and read it. I tend to say read it. Um, You don't have to worship demons to read an imaginative story and discern what's in it. But if you say, no, I can't, it's unclean, I won't try to talk you into it. But still, it, it, it has to be admitted, it created a lot of attention to magic and the magic arts and the internet allows people to search everything and so I had a little fun uh, preparing for this sermon I started to search around for some things and found there's all kinds of there's here's one there's conferences on psychics they don't call themselves psychics now what are they I can't remember what they call themselves but they help you to to see spiritual realms and 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 they help you tell the future and they help you know things and they have the best psychics in the world and they, and I was thinking if you have a psychic conference why do you have to give the date and the place don't you <laughs> people already know but they do give the date and the place and 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 tarot cards apparently are making a huge comeback people like the tarot cards you know when they put them down and they tell if you're going to die or whatever they tell you I don't know astrologers are still big I guess they always will be people who are getting into past lives this is a big deal people who are trained to tell you what your past lives were you're normally always um royal or powerful or married to royalty or powerful <laughs> you know you're never you're never the cabin boy you know if you're in your past life you're never the the galley slave oh your grandfather you were a, gra- a galley slave that's what you were you 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 know you cleaned muck from the cracks of the kitchen floor that's what you did no it's never that it's just, you're always something great and there's people talking to the dead all over the place online and they'll make themselves available to you. There's, there's crystals everywhere. Um, they have spiritual power. These crystals, you, you, you can read it yourself. And, and you know what's really big these days, too, is, is getting bigger. And Joe Rogan, if you know who he is, is part of really reviving this. What um, the Bible would call pharmacia or, or um, what's the word it translated into English? Witchcraft. Um, but it's drug-induced chatting with people. And Joe Rogan, if you listen to his podcast, he loves to get guys on and they sit and talk about if you take the right drug, you can talk to aliens or other spiritual beings. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They're serious as a heart attack about this. God forbids people, of course, from talking to medium, psychic, fortune tellers, astrologers. Am I leaving out one of your favorites? It doesn't matter. Oprah, I don't think you're allowed to talk to Oprah in the Bible. (laughs) Um... What the Bible actually says is Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 14, it says, There shall not be found among you anyone 
who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you are about to dispossess. Listen to fortune tellers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. He's saying that's what the pagans do. You are the nation of Israel and you have a God and you do not go to these All attempts to access the spiritual realm for God's people are called evil. So I think this is our first map point too. God forbids looking to anyone for help in the spiritual realm except for himself. He forbids you looking to anyone for help. Ouija boards, astrology, your horoscope, (laughs) um, I would say fortune cookies, but who takes those seriously? And rarely are they fortunes. They never tell you what's going to happen. They, there's normally a little saying on them. And this is no kidding. I was once eating with Sue Young, and, and she loved to look at the fortune cookie. And, and it, it actually said this. It said, next time, try the shrimp. And she was so mad. <laughs> she was still in high school then. She goes, that's not a fortune. Welcome to America. Um, it's capitalism. <laughs> So that leaves us a problem because in this, the Bible seems to say Samuel showed up. What are we to do with that? What are we to do with the fact that Samuel showed up? If the Bible shows that God is Lord over the spiritual realm when people die, they either go to a place of torment or be with him. He doesn't have this in-between place where you float around um, doing things. Who was he talking to? Well, there's three possibilities. One, the possibility is the woman's a fake. And I'd say most of the time when you hear of anyone saying they're talking to the spiritual realm, they're a fake. Uh, Houdini loved his mother so much. We all love our moms, but he was freaky about loving his mom um, in that he was obsessed with talking to her from the dead. And, and he would go to mediums to talk to his dear old mom. And, um, and instead, being Houdini, the great illusionist, he was able to see through, and psychics were big in that time. Apparently in America, people's tables would float when the bad guy was, or when the dead person was in the room, and candles would go out, wind would blow. He would figure out every time what was, what was going on. He even gave a $10,000 challenge to any psychic or medium who could come, and he could not figure out how they were faking. And I think that's mostly what you get. Someone reads your palm, they're a fake. Someone reads your tea leaves, they're a fake. Someone does your tarot cards, they're a fake. They don't know what they're talking about. So this woman could have been a fake. Second, could have been a demon mimicking Samuel. A demon, she could have seen what she said. She saw an old man and and she could have been inhabited by a demon who deceives her. But actually there's a third possibility that God sent Samuel from the dead. Now, I said that the Bible makes it clear that no one can uh, call up a ghost, as it were. But, I, of course, I was, there's one exception, God. <laughs> Remember, God 
Um, when Jesus, Jesus went up on the mountain, he took three of his, his best guys, Peter, James, and John, and he said, you guys sit here and check out what's about to happen. And he was transfigured into a heavenly form, and two spirits came and visited him, Moses and Elijah. And the three of them chatted right there. So clearly God can cross over the realm from the spiritual to the physical, and he can send a spirit if he wants to. And so it could be that Samuel is the one. And I want to submit to you that after studying this, if you come to any of the three conclusions, you will find biblical scholars on your side. For my money, I think God had Samuel come back from the dead. And here's my reason why. One, the medium was surprised herself. The me- <laughs> he showed up and she's like, whoa, hey, you're Samuel, that means you're Saul, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> she-, she was a little shocked. Maybe she's not used to actually seeing somebody. Second, Samuel's words were consistent with his message when he was alive. And I guess a demon could fake that. There's no way the woman could fake that. A demon could. But third, Samuel prophesied the death of Saul, and it turned out to be true. There's no way the woman could have known that. And I don't think a demon would have been able to pull that off. So I think, this is my, and and if you say, well, I... Don't agree. Sometimes the Bible doesn't answer all our questions, so we can disagree on this. But I think God said, you want to talk to Samuel? I'll give you Samuel. I'm going to freak out this witch, (laughs) and I'm going to answer your question. And so Samuel comes up. Let's look at that, just one portion of that again. Look at verse 12. It says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. So you're just sitting there with this medium, and she's like home and looking at a ball. I don't know what she's doing. All of a sudden, she goes, wah! <laughs> Saul probably jumped. <laughs> like, and then Samuel, when she did talk, and apparently she was saying, he, she was telling him what she was hearing him say. Um, Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? <laughs> what do you want? Calling me at two in the morning or whatever, you know. <laughs> And, and Saul says, I'm in great distress for the Philistines are warring against me. God has turned away from me. To which Samuel answered, then why ask me? Since the Lord has turned away and become your enemy. He's like, well, if God has turned away from you, do you think I'm going to tell you something? Um, by the way, um, sometimes it's in the reverse. Uh, as a pastor, you'll get someone comes up and they'll say to you, pastor, and they'll throw a question at you. And, um, and, and they'll, they'll say, this is, this is what I think, this is so-and-so. And then they'll say, and God told me this about that. And you go, okay. And they go, what do you think? <laughs> okay, God told you that. I think our relationship is right now in the balance. That's what I think. If I don't agree with God, well, it was just the opposite there. He says, look, if God's not telling you, why should I tell you? But he does get an answer. Look what it says. Samuel said, why ask me? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. And then in verse 19, he goes, moreover, the Lord will give Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. You're going to lose that battle. And tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. By this, he's not speaking of heaven or hell, but you're going to leave the physical realm and you will be in the spiritual realm tomorrow, right? It's like that that. 25-year-old guy who became a Christian and he just loved golf so much. He played golf all the time. And the pastor says, your life's out of balance. He goes, why is that? He goes, 
I just love golf so much that I got to play as much as I can because I'm afraid it won't be a golf course in heaven. So the guy starts to pray and pray and pray, God, I, I, my life's out of balance. Pastor said, I need an answer. Is, is, is there a golf course in heaven? And an angel shows up and says, I got news for you. What? There is a golf course in heaven. What else? He says, you got a tea time tomorrow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's what it reminds me of when I read that. He says, Saul got the worst possible answer. The worst possible answer. He says, not only are you going to lose, you're going to die tomorrow. And so Saul is not in a good mood. He gets dejected. For some reason, the witch is afraid of knowing that it's the king now, of uh, him being dejected and not eating, because she thinks she's going to get killed for being a witch, so she feeds him. And that ends that very strange chapter. Next week's going to be exciting, and the week after, too. Um, So, that's the chapter. What do we learn from Saul's sin? I think I have one, two, three. Three things today. One, to make this relevant to us today. One, if God doesn't answer your prayers, don't turn to other forms of help. (laughs) Just keep asking. (laughs) That, That would be the lesson I would have said to Saul. If he said, God isn't answering me, well, that's because you always disobey me, you have no faith. Keep asking. (laughs) Why would I say keep asking? Well, we have to wonder, if Saul continued to seek God, do you think he might have answered him? He might have. You see, God wants people to repent. God, the whole Bible shows a character of God that his desire is for the worst of people to repent. And repent means a change of heart, a change of mind, where they actually believe in God and his goodness and they turn to him. And so, yeah, keep seeking Saul because perhaps your heart will break, perhaps you'll truly repent, and then God will answer you. Um, But Saul, Saul didn't have any faith, so he turned away. But Psalm 51, 17 shows us what God is like. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, Oh, God, you will not despise. Some people think, well, I don't want to come to God because I haven't been good enough and I haven't done enough good things and he won't like me and he'll be upset with me and I haven't been religious enough and I haven't gone to church enough. I know he'll never take me. Well, what they're saying is I want to bring these sacrifices to God, these offerings, this goodness that I do, this religion that I do, so he'll take me. And the Bible says, well, that's not what he wants. What kind of sacrifice does he want? Well, it's pretty much a sacrifice of poverty. It's one anyone can bring. I want a broken spirit and a broken heart. Are you at the end of your rope? Yeah, okay, that'll work. That'll work? I have nothing for anybody. I have no emotional wealth for myself. I have no, I got nothing but this broken heart. He says, well, that'll have to be enough then. You see, and it shows not the greatness of the worshiper, but the goodness of God. He always loves the repentant. Jesus would never cast out the truly repentant, and Saul was never truly repentant. Um, Saul, even in desperation, chose to sin. (laughs) He asked God for a little while, didn't get an answer. He goes, well, enough of this. Let's ask a witch. Well done, Saul. You win again. For us, though, today... Our lesson is we must continue in prayer and wait on God. I don't know what to do. 
Have you prayed? Yes, but then I don't still don't know what to do. What should I do? Keep praying. What if it takes a long time? <laughs> I guess we'll see if God is real, won't we? I'm not saying you'll hear a voice. I never hear voices from God. Um, so the whole thing about the guy with golf, that was a joke. <laughs> I never hear voices. Some people say they do. Fine, I don't. But I get answers. Clarity comes. And sometimes I'll forget to keep seeking. Jesus told them a parable in Luke 18 to the effect that they always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Sounds like one of our elected officials, doesn't it? And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice. She was being misused by her adversary. And she said, you have the power to stop this guy. We don't know what the misuse was, but so stop him. And for a while, he refused. He's like, I don't care about you. The guy probably was a donator to his campaign. He says, for, but afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice, give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, when God says he's going to bring justice speedily, and when we think of speedily, it's not always the same time scale. And the Bible's clear on that too. He, he says, keep asking. I'm going to answer you. When? He didn't say that part. Jesus says, to everyone who knocks, I'll open the door. Everyone who asks, I'll answer. When? <laughs> and then he gives a parable, which instructs us, keep asking. What's in your life now that you just don't know what to do, and you don't know where it's going to go, and you, you've, you've prayed, or maybe you thought of praying, and it felt like praying? <laughs> what should you do? Keep praying. Don't give up. If God delays, he has a good reason. He promises to answer his faithful ones. And a second way we can apply this lesson to our lives or from this chapter is more straightforward. Never use witchcraft. <laughs> Never use... By the way, Christians today are trying to figure out, are they allowed to smoke pot? Well, it's getting legal. Can I? No, you can't smoke pot. You can't smoke pot. The whole point of smoking pot is to put you in an altered state, right? That's forbidden in the Bible. That's pharmakia. That's sorcery. Um, you, you, you're not supposed to get drunk, and you're not supposed to smoke pot. So I don't care if it's legal or not legal, don't smoke dope, all right? Okay. I'll let that answer stand for the next 10 years, because the more legal it gets, the more we're going to have to answer the same question. And trust me, trust me, there will be churches... There will be pastors who will say, go ahead and do it. It's going to happen. It just will. Because there's always pastors who will say what the world wants them to say. But I'm sorry, I'm going to be the no fun guy. No, you can't. It's a sin. Um, in any case, 
Don't use witchcraft. Don't use drugs like Joe Rogan. So you, he, he'll tell you which drugs you can actually talk to aliens on. I'm not kidding. I like Joe Rogan. I listen to his podcast. But he's not a Christian and he's not a good mentor. Um, don't use tarot cards even for fun. Don't use fortune tellers even for fun. Don't use astrologers or any alternate path to gain knowledge of the spiritual realm. And if Christians give you alternate knowledge paths that they say God gave to them, don't use those either. Don't be a fool. The spiritual realm is not something to toy with, and God is not someone to toy with. Someone could say, well, I went to a psychic, and what he said was true. These folks are good at lying. They are. They're really good. They're really good at lying. They're lying. Now, you're talking to a skeptic here, a skeptical mind, so I always think they're lying. But let's say they really told you the truth that they got from the spiritual realm. They didn't get it from a source you want to be talking to you. But it was true. Deuteronomy 13, God says this, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let's go after other gods, which you have not known, let's serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. So even if all my friends went to the psychic and he said true things that he couldn't know any other way, Who cares? Even if it's true, God says, don't do it. And finally, Jesus is the best and only way to get into the spiritual realm. I am not saying you can't get in touch with the spiritual world. I am not saying you can't be possessed by a spirit. Just make sure it's the Holy Spirit. There's only one safe way to get power and knowledge from the spiritual realm. And one of the safest, easiest ways is to get a book and crack it open. Or use your smartphone. It's called the Bible. And the words came from the spiritual realm to the physical realm and were written in a physical way so physical people could read them, but they're spiritual words. It's better than whatever the fortune teller would tell you because God said it. I'm bored with the Bible. Yeah, I know. Truth. Truth. Just more spiritual truth. This much of it. I never get bored. Doesn't mean it's never work, but I never get bored. God's word is the message from the spirit. I I should probably set that up. I should go to a carnival and sit there with a swami hat on and Get me a crystal ball. Words from the spiritual realm. Only $10. Got to make a living. Give me 10 bucks, I'll go, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'll be... I'm not lying. It's words from the spiritual realm. It just also happens to be John 1 verse 1. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to get to God? God says no spiritual anything. But you can come to God how? 
through Jesus. He doesn't say, I will show you the way, though he will. He said, I am the way. I am the path. I am the truth. I am the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's do a deep dive on no one. No one means not anyone. There, it's done. (laughs) But, well, that would imply that all other religions don't lead you to God. Ding, 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 ding. Give that man a cupid all. That's right. All other religions lead, religions lead to hell? Well, yeah, eventually. Well, actually, you're going to hell anyway. They just don't take you off the path. Someone would say, well, don't almost all religions have some truth in them and some goodness? Well, of course they do. Some. Some. They have some goodness in them. But as C.S. Lewis put it, they're like complex math problems. You can have some parts that are right. You ever done taking a hard math class? As soon as I, 12th grade, I said, no math for me anymore. Enough of this math. Because those hard math classes, you'd have this problem. And, it, and, and, and you wrote it out. And then you had the answer kept going down, down, down. You shouldn't need more than two lines to do math in my mind. You know what I'm saying? And then you almost got it right, but you got it wrong. Teacher circles that in red, and three things you did wrong in the middle. C.S. Lewis says, that's the way other religions are. They may have some truths in the middle, but the sum is all wrong. (laughs) They don't have the, there's no way to heaven except through Christ. God wants you to hear from the spiritual realm. Did you know in John chapter 1, there's a verse that says no Man has seen God at any time. And it's talking about in the physical realm. No one sees God. You can't see God. But the only begotten God who lives in his bosom, he has made him known. Did you ever notice that verse? It's right there in chapter 1. You go look at it, you'll see it. What's that saying? It's saying Jesus is God. He knows what God looks like. He walked into the fleshly realm and he shows you God and tells you God. He speaks God. Jesus was sent to reveal God. In John 14, he made it clear. He said, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Because Philip was like, could you just show us the Father? He says, have I been so long with you, Philip, and you still haven't recognized me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. (laughs) The, The amazing thing about the cross... was it was a physical act that had spiritual properties. (laughs) When Jesus said in John 6, my body is true bread and my blood is true food, he was not saying eat him because that's cannibalistic and it's weird. But he was saying when God takes on a physical body and has physical blood, he's going to use them as the capital to buy your spirit. This body is true bread. This is true drink. And when he went to that cross, it took the physical body and the physical blood of Jesus to be the substitute for you and me. And Jesus paid the price for our sins so we would not die. Now, the reason you eat bread and drink drink is to have sustenance, to have life in you. 
So Jesus said, if you're going to have true life, which is spiritual life, you're going to have to eat me and drink me. Well, he didn't mean bite him and drink him. He meant you're going to have to accept what I did on that cross for you. And you're going to have to receive me into your life. Receive. Have you received Jesus? I'm not asking, have you gone to church? Are you a church member? Do you believe certain things are true? I'm not asking you that. I'm asking, have you received him? You don't do it by eating or drinking anything with your body. You do it by faith. Jesus died on a cross to pay for my crimes and to forgive me and you. There was a song way back when there was Christian rock and roll. I don't think there's Christian rock and roll anymore. There's some. There's no good rock and roll at all. I think the 90s ruined rock and roll. The 80s started too. The 90s ruined it. Because once anything goes, I mean, the whole point of rock and roll was to be nonconformist. Now you can't even be a nonconformist. And now most Christian rock and roll is really worship music, which I like. But Larry Norman is the father of Christian rock and roll, and he had a song back in like 1969. And I want to read you the lyrics. Perhaps I should sing it. I know some people cheer that just because they want to laugh at me. And I want you to know. I I want you to know I would do it just so we could have fun doing that. But there's newcomers in the church and they may never come back. You guys already, we're already friends. So let me read it to you. He says this, forget your hexagram, you, you will soon feel fine. Stop, does anyone know this song in any of the campuses? I bet no one does but me, but I could sing it. Stop looking at the stars. You don't live under the signs. Don't mess with gypsies or have your fortune read. Keep your table on the floor and don't listen to the dead. <laughs> that table on the floor, it floats, forget it. You, <laughs> you can't hitchhike your way to heaven. The devils close the roads. You live once. You die once with no reincarnate episodes. You can't hitchhike your way to heaven or get there by just being good. The rules were set down long ago when the spikes went in the wood. Well, amen. Amen. You can touch the spiritual realm. Believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus, in John 1, 9 says, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even though those who believe in his name. You don't need a medium. You don't need a, a fortune teller. If, you, if it's in the spiritual realm and can be known, but you don't need to know it, God won't tell you. You don't need to know what a demon knows. <laughs> if you need to know it, God will tell you. Jesus said this, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. He's saying, no one on this earth has ever seen God but me. And none of you people on earth know who I am, he's saying. Because you just think I'm a dude. I'm the Son of God. And he's the only one who sees me like I am. And then he says this. No one knows the Son, the Father except the Son and... 
Anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. You think of this, you go to the witch of Endor, so she'll reveal to you some dead guy. I want to see my Uncle Joe. You know, Jesus says, forget Uncle Joe, you come to me, I'll show you God. That's what he's saying. You're playing with demons when you could have everything. Come to me, he says. Very next line, after he says he, the only ones who know God are the ones Jesus chooses to reveal them to. Smartest people in the world, he won't choose to reveal them to him. Why? Because he hates the smartest people in the world? No. He only reveals them to the humble, <laughs> to the repentant hearts, to the, to the brokenhearted. Now, you could be the smartest person in the world and brokenhearted, then he'll reveal them. And then he says, come to me. This is an open invitation. All who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Now if you could be sitting in one of our campuses right now and you could hear the voice of Jesus, not in your ear, but as you hear those words, you hear it in your soul. And you might be wondering, is, is that open invitation to me? Well, of course it is. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. Don't be scared. You're God. You're scary. I know, but don't be scared. Because I'll give you rest for your souls. There's only one way to the spiritual realm, and it's Jesus and the Bible. And you might say, well, if I came to Jesus, does he want me? All of you... Come to me, right? It's like everyone come line up on the fence. We're going to pick for kickball. And they pick everybody and thank God the captains say there's an odd number because you were unpicked because nobody wanted you anyway. And you think that's going to be what it's like. <laughs> he says, come to me, I come. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean you, loser. No. Who does he say come to him? Come to me all. Let's do a deep dive in all. All as in everyone or any person who wants to. What if I try to come and he says, thank you for playing. Here's your commemorative trophy. Go to hell. You're not coming with me. What if he, I come to him and he says, go away. He won't. He won't. All, John 6, 37, look at this promise. All that the Father gives me will come to me. The one who comes to me, I will not cast out. Do you see how that works? You wouldn't want to come to him unless God's revealed him to you. You wouldn't want to. And so when you come, he'll take you. All who come, let's, let's do another deep dive here. <laughs> the one who comes to me, I will not... Let's, let's, do a, <laughs> let's do the Greek on one. If you were to translate that correctly in English, <laughs> it means everybody. So no, if you want him, he's not going to say, no, not you. You can be possessed by a spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. He just received Jesus. Now, from all those of you who received Jesus, I'm telling you, sternly as possible, do not play 
with the spiritual realm. Yeah, I don't care if you, if you read Harry Potter, if you can handle it. <laughs> or if you don't, because you think Ichabod unclean. But don't play with a Ouija board where you're literally asking the spirit realm to talk to you. I, mean, I take it you're smart enough to know Harry Potter is pretend. There are real demons. Don't, I don't care what your sign is. I don't care. I don't care that you're a cancer and you get along well with Scorpios. And that you were born in the sign of the moon, of the star. And I don't care. And you should not care. I don't care that your, your aunt had a party and they hired a psychic and everyone had fun. I don't care if someone says, no, fortune telling and palm reading is real. It is an abomination to your God for you to look for spiritual truth anywhere. He's not playing. He is not playing. So don't play with it. And never give up on hearing the message from God. You have the Holy Spirit in you, Christian. You are possessed by a spirit that does not need to be cast out. And when you pray, he cares. So quit panicking, keep praying till you get the answer. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.